So this morning, starting our second round of counterfeit, excited about that. Again, last week we talked about what, what is counterfeit, right? And of course we started talking about money, right? We started talking about money because money is the, the this, this one right here actually in particular is the number one most counterfeited bill, right? The $20 bill. And a lot of you guys were talking to each other thinking like, I don't really... I'm not a cashier. I barely even have cash, you know? I don't work in a bank. I use a debit card. I use a credit card. Stay away from that unless you pay it at the end of every month. Okay, college students, are you with me on this? They're of the devil. They prowl around and try to steal your life, okay? But you think, I don't even use cash anymore. But, you know, we're talking about something that we can all understand, money. We're talking about counterfeit in that way, in that there are certain ways that you can tell if something is real or fake, right? We talked about... Feeling it? Feel that. Is that real? <laughs> I got to watch this guy. He's like, I'm a missionary. I'll be stealing any bit of money. I mean, I will be getting support from anywhere, you know? Um, you, you can feel it, right? You know if it's real or not. And also, if you have another $20 bill, you have a counterfeit on one side and a real on the other, you can tell like, for sure if it's real or not. You know, there's like little fabrics in there, red and, and blue. So we got things like that woven in. You've got security features, right? Do you remember that? Kind of security features where you can look up at the light, you can see little strips in there and UV lights even more fun. It gives different colors for each type of denomination of a bill. Isn't that fun? Yeah. You're like, no, this is not fun. Okay. Just bear with me, all right? But we talked about our, our, the counterfeit identity that we have, right? And that the, the enemy from the very beginning of time has sought to counterfeit everything that God has done, right? We looked at that, that understanding that he will take everything and make it a fake if he has the opportunity. Well, today we're going to continue on this series. And this was the part that was kind of hard, mining this out, because I knew that God had said, like, counterfeit relationships. What's that mean? And automatically go to the life of Jesus. But which story, right? Because all of Jesus's life was all about making sure that he was setting things right that went wrong from the very beginning, right? He was all about redeeming us unto God. That's why he came. We know in the very beginning, the enemy ruined all of that, right? Man was a part of it. Yes, there was a fall. But from that time on, God was always, always trying to redeem us unto him. So we know with the life of Jesus, the ultimate redemption process, the once and for all sacrificial lamb. And when he died, it changed everything in that way. Well, today we're looking at the story of Jesus, but we're looking particularly at one where it talks about him being the good shepherd. Now, there's a context here that we need to understand. Um, when Jesus was walking the earth, there were some folks that didn't like him a whole lot. I don't know if you guys knew that. If you ever read the Bible, especially the New Testament, you can tell that, that Jesus was not a favorite of a few people groups, okay? Pharisees and Sadducees. These are like the religious rulers of the day. These are the folks that are trying to uphold the old school law, the Old Testament. These are the guys. And look, we can identify with this because we know when somebody new pops on the scene and tries to mess with our system, we get a little flustered too, right? When somebody tries to tell us to change, to be this or do that, we're like, ah, you know what? I'm comfortable with this or that. Well, Jesus encountered these guys all the time, and they were always, always trying to make sure that nobody believed that he was real, but they tried to make him a fake. Remember that? When you read the New Testament, you see that clear. 
Here's one particular instance in John chapter 10. Now remember, John the beloved, he's the one that was so close to Jesus, was always just wanting to express the love of the Father through Jesus, the one that wanted us to see and understand who Jesus was, why he was especially the love factor. And we both know this. Look, when it comes to relationships, what's the basis of this thing? How does it operate? It's supposed to operate on love. Jesus gives us that example by the way he lived and all that he did, it was all about love. And he chose us, which in turn he wants us to choose him out of this love. We know the full story, right? Death, resurrection, all of that, that he did it for us. He showed his love for us and now it's our turn to show his lo- our love back to him. See, we get this as the basis and understanding for relationships. But today we're talking about counterfeit relationships. And the thing is, you guys have all encountered this in one way or another. You've all felt this come through your hands at one point or another, and you're like, uh, I don't know about this relationship. Uh, this doesn't look too good. When I've compared this to other relationships, I don't know about this. That's why we have to go back to the one who is the best at creating relationships, the one who showed us the example, the good shepherd, okay? So important for us. Does that make sense? Is that a good setup? Are you guys with me? Okay, let's do this, all right? Look on your screen. You can follow along with me as I read. John 10, 7 through 15. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep unto them. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Then he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, right? We know that, and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. There's a lot of great examples of relationship in here. We're going to pull a few of those for today, but there's also an understanding of what counterfeit relationships look like as well. See, when you know what one thing looks like, you know what the other looks like as well. Right, And the key for us is to be able to spot a fake. Now, here's the thing. It can be hard for us because we can walk around all the time saying, I don't know about that person. Ah, they look a little shady. You know, well, They said this. I don't know about that guy. Uh, I don't know if I should try to even talk to them because you know, they might do this or that to me. And a lot of times we base our relationships out of what we've experienced before. And that makes sense right? You got to be smart with things, but also we need to always be willing to reach out of our comfort zone and do some things to make folks know who God is and how real Jesus is to them today. So, but what we got to do is understand these counterfeit relationships so that, okay, not only can we identify them, but we can become a true, right? A true representation of relationship with Jesus into our world. All right? 
So we're going to start with number one, this counterfeit relationships give false directions. You're like, what? Counterfeit relationships give false directions. Let me ask you this. How many of you guys have that friend, okay? It may be you because you may be good on people. You know, I have this friend that they're struggling with this, and it's really you, you know? They gossip all the time. That's not you because you wouldn't say that about yourself. But you have these friends, okay? We all have friends. Some of them are good ones, and some of them are surfacey relationships, blah, blah, blah. But you have that friend that knows everything. Does anybody have that friend? Do you just want to line up for throat punches? Just like bring everybody, like, can you, can you help me throat punch this person nonstop? Okay, because every time they talk, they know the answer. It's like Wikipedia, which may not be true all the time, which is fun. Okay, or a walking encyclopedia, or they think that they're Google. You say, hey, how do you get to, and they're like, well, what you do is you go this way. Do you ever follow those directions before? Where did you end up? Not there. I don't know about you guys, but I hate being lost. Anybody with me? I hate wasting time, okay, unless it's things that I want to do. Um, I, <laughs> that's a gift, too. But I, I, look, I want the truth right off the bat. I want the truth. Don't give me any false directions. Don't give me any false knowledge. Don't say, well, you think, look, I want you to know. So important. The thing is, these counterfeit relationships, they give false directions. Listen to this, John 10, 7 through 9. Therefore, Jesus said, very, very, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. You see some visuals here. You're like, what does this have to do with my life right now? I don't like sheep. Sheep stink. They're stupid. Does that sound like us a little bit? Yes, at least me, right? This is us. But then this is also Jesus, okay? He says, I am the gate. A visual understanding that Jesus is literally the gate. Can you picture this? A gate. What does it do? It swings open and it closes, right? It is a barrier. It is something where things cannot come in and out if the gate is closed. Whoa, Jesus, you're getting real on this. You're talking about being a good shepherd, and you are. You're a gate. You're someone that will protect me. You'll keep out the wrong, but you also, what's on the other side of a gate? There's an area that's enclosed. You'll also keep me safe in that place, right? The gate, it acts as a barrier, but it also acts as a passage. Then you see these thieves and robbers. What do they do? They're the kind of folks, now Jesus was talking about the modern day religious folk, Pharisees, Sadducees, all those cats. He was saying, these are thieves and robbers. They're trying to steal your mind in this stuff. They're trying to creep in, jump over the fence in the back of the pasture, creep up in there, right, and tell you things that aren't true. They're trying to tell you that I'm not the Messiah. Look around you. You know somebody that's been healed. That's what Jesus is saying. Look around you. You know someone that's life has been changed because I exist even Nicodemus, right? He was one of those guys. He was a Pharisee, but he knew there was something legit about Jesus because he was changing the scene and he was spotting the counterfeits. He was spotting the frauds. Man, this was getting real. The gate. And you understand this, another picture with the gate is a place that when you cross over that gate, right? You not only have eternity, but you have safety and pasture as well. What a beautiful picture, right? Jesus uh, in John 14, 6 answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through the gate. Isn't that wild to think about? What a picture there. 
But thieves and robbers like to jump over the fence on the side. Like They like to go the other way. They like to go around and tell you these lies and tell you these things that you're not supposed to believe about who Jesus really is, how much he loves you, and the relationship that he wants to have with you. That's deep. He's the gate, right? He is the gate. Through him, we will be saved, okay? And you will find pasture, the place of peace, the place of rest, and the place of communication with God. Second thing is this, counterfeit relationships, all right? They tear you down. Counterfeit relationships tear you down. This is another thing. I have some friends. It, it, it breaks my heart that they're this broken. And you guys, this may be you, all right? But when you think about this friend and you see the text message come up on your phone, or, right, or you see the call come in and maybe there's a voicemail, you're like, I don't even want to check it. I don't even, I don't even want to see. I just almost want to delete it. Because every time, Every time something comes your way, it's like a, a snide remark. It's, it's a, a mean this or a, a joking, but for real, that kind of thing. See, that's, that's not what relationships are supposed to look like, are they? Are you supposed to receive a text from someone or receive an email or receive a message or see them face to face, and they are just so mean and tear you down every time? Do you think that's a good way to live? Do you think that's God's idea for your life? I hope you don't. But a lot of times we get conditioned to thinking, well, this is just the way it is. This is just the kind of relationships I have to have in my life. Maybe I'm not valued. Maybe not of worth. You know, maybe I'm, I am what they say I am. Right? Maybe I'm not the person that I think I am or what God has said. Here's the thing. Counterfeit relationships like this will tear you down, but you've got to find your way out and understand who you are in him. Right? John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Think about this picture again with the thief. We're going to go a little bit deeper here. He takes what God has given to you. He takes what God has promised to you, right? That friend can be that way, right? You know who you are in him. You know who you are in God. Look, this is a wound for me sometimes, okay? This is me talking from my life at that point about that type of friend. I understand it. And part of it, which is so hard for me, is I strive to be a good friend. Are you the same way? You're like, no, I try to make everybody mad around me. I just want to see how long they'll stick around. It's fun. I got like 10 weeks on this one cat. No, you know, you want, you want to be a good friend. But sometimes you just get so broken down, you get so torn down that it's so hard because the thief creeps in in this way. He creeps in the same path. He takes the same beaten path into your life, right? That's what he does, the same path every time to come and steal, kill, and destroy what God has put in you. God's got promises for your life. That's the real deal. That's not a fraud. That's not a fake. But it's funny how the enemy uses people, just like God uses people as well, to come and hop over the fence into your life, into your pasture, right, and tell you you're not this, you're not that, tries to steal away from you what God has given you and what he's made you to be. Listen, when you can spot someone that's a counterfeit that's tearing you down, you need to make sure you find someone that'll build you up. All right? This is hard. I know this is hard because we're talking about people here. Right? Are you with me? We're talking about people here. Okay? When Kara and I were on that little hike out in Swallow Falls, it's just so beautiful. Sometimes there was nobody around. It was great. Especially, I love my children to death, but nobody's like, Daddy, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy. You know, we needed a break. 
No, there was no cell service. Nobody could text or call us. It was terrible. <sighs> you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we just need to be built up, not something else hitting us and tearing us down. Right? Of course, my kids are a blessing. They don't tear me down, but you know what I'm saying here. We need to find relationships that build us up. We need to do things that build us up in our faith. Get around people that you know are not going to steal right? Your joy. Now look, we still are in this world. We have to minister to everyone, but you got to make sure that you're healthy, okay? So that you can be the best friend as well, okay? The gate, again, you see that picture that he gives us life and he gives us pasture to the full. And I love that. I love that visual there. Not just partially, but to the full. It's stepping through the gate, stepping through him. You get into these green pastures, right? Can you just imagine that feel? That beautiful feeling where outside of the gate, you're scared of the wolves, you're scared, right, of all these things. And then Jesus says, look, come through me, step into my pasture, and everything you need will be right in here. And not just everything you need, but also things on top of that that you may want, right? You ever feel that way? Now, water is the best thing for us to drink, Right? We know that. That's how we stay hydrated. But oh, for a good cup of Chemex by Matt. Oh, you know what I'm saying? That's coffee, if, if you don't know what that is. Coffee. Oh, what a beautiful thing. I don't need coffee, but man, do I love it. A nice fountain Coke. Anybody with me on that? Not Pepsi. That's of the devil. That's a lie. <laughs> a lie. A fountain. Where's my Coke drinkers? Cokers? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, you're like, what are you talking about? Nothing better. Nothing better, right? Love that. We need water, but on top of that, sometimes, we, you know how you just want something more? That's what we're looking at here. What a beautiful picture that he has for us, right? Not just what we need, but then on top of that as well, okay? Find relationships that build you up, not tear you down. Third thing is this, counterfeit relationships, and this is big, and this, you got you to stay tuned with me on the second two points, because the last two points, because it's, it's going to make sense in a moment. Counterfeit relationships thrive on self-preservation. Now, you can see I, I am self-preserved at this moment. If sickness comes my way, I get skinny. Skinny people, y'all die, okay? I'm not, I just, I'm fine. I got this. I'm a kick it, you know what I'm saying? Empatigo, plague, I can handle it. Don't matter to me. Plus, I got doctors that know, right, bro? I see you back there. Okay. Thrive on self-preservation. What is this? If you were to define self-preservation, protection of yourself from harm or death. That makes sense. You don't like jumping in harm's way and be like, come and get me, you know? You don't hear people shooting. You're like, I'm going to go find that, you know? It's like normally you run from that. That's what smart people do, Okay. But it's this understanding, protection of yourself from harm or death, a natural or instinctive tendency to act so as to preserve one's own existence. You're like, that makes sense, dude. What, what are you saying? Why is this bad? Did you guys ever see that movie, Along Came Polly? Yeah. Okay, do you remember when he did a risk analysis, right? And it was part of like the modern day, I don't know, like Cupid thing or like a, a dating program. All right. Those work great. That's where I found Kara. Um, just kidding. Valley Forge Bridal College. But the thing is, he used to run a risk analysis for people to see what kind of things would come up so that you can find the exact right match. Right. Okay. We know about relationships, especially right 
uh, intimate relationships in that way with, with the opposite sex and that this is, <laughs> whoo, this is a wild story just waiting to happen. Wouldn't you love to have somebody to run an analysis on that person so they can tell you that this is what's going to happen right when it's going to happen, and if you do this, that won't happen? Would anybody do that? Like, be real. <laughs> All right, we, y'all getting real with me. That's why like, everybody else is like, no, I would never do that. Yes, that's such a great idea. <laughs> is Ben Stiller really doing that? No. Because we love to preserve ourselves so that we don't experience harm, that we don't experience pain, right? So that we can make our existence as pleasurable as possible. So that we can arrive at death with a loaded bank account, what's that going to do for you, right? With absolutely no scars on the body, we just step from glory to glory. That's what we want. That's existence. That's beautiful. That's self-preservation. That's totally, totally countercultural to what Jesus represented with his life. John 10, 12, the hired hand, right? The self-preservationist is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So, when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Think about that. Second part of that, you don't have it on your screen. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it, right? The hired hand is making sure that nothing, no harm comes to him because he has no ownership of the sheep. See, look, guys, for us, the opposite of this and what we need to, to, to strive for is to put others' needs before our own. We want to preserve what we got. You have something in your hand and you see somebody that needs that and you're like, but I may need that. You ever been that way? Just walk up High Street. You'll find people, okay, at any point in time, right? But we'd love to hold what we have. I can, I'm not, a, I'm not like an American picker kind of guy, but I can kind of hold on to stuff. Anybody else like that? Or anybody like a pack rat sometimes? Okay, I like things clean. When I have a whole time, I'm like, you know what, Kara, I may need that piece of cable right there. You know, and I have a whole box of coaxial cable. Who uses coaxial anymore? Hey, but you might need it. For what? Because I can preserve and save something for the future, honey. What's wrong with you? You don't love Jesus? You don't want to save what he has given? You don't want to be a good steward of what Comcast gave us five years ago? I paid for that cable, and I'm keeping that cable. I'm going to do whatever I can to preserve what I got. Instead of saying, does somebody else need it? That's what a good friend, that's what a good relationship looks like. That's what a real relationship looks like. It doesn't seek to self-preserve, right? It seeks to put others needs before one's self, right? We don't want to end up at the end of this thing with a bunch of stuff, but empty-hearted. Hands full, but empty-hearted. We want to be poured out in this way. That's what we want, guys. Because counterfeit relationships say, preserve, keep what you got. Don't think about others before yourself, right? But godly relationships, the true picture, the opposite, is put others' needs before your own. And the last thing is this, counterfeit relationships are selfish. You're like, you're saying the same thing. No, I'm not. They're selfish, right? What is the opposite? This is how you always know. What is the opposite of being selfish? It is being selfless. Now, we see the picture of what this ultimately looks like by what Jesus says in John 10, 14 through 15. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep 
know me. By what? His voice, okay? That's so key, knowing his voice. That's how sheep knew who he was, by his voice, okay? Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. That's when you hear the bullets flying, and you see that little kid out there. You see that little kid's got a lot of life to live. I'm going to run, and I'm going to grab that kid. When you see the car careening down the hill out of control, right? And you see that small child there once again. You're going to run, and you're going to jump out there, and if you lose a leg, it's worth it if that kid will live. You see what I'm saying here? Selfishness, self says that I am still just going to set back and make sure that everything's fine forever. Not just making sure that I'm good, but I'm going to make sure that I live through this thing versus I am going to lay my life down. Self-preservation, again, is making sure things are good along the way. Selflessness is saying, I'll give everything for this. We see that with Jesus. Now, a lot of times when we think of people, friends, right, we don't necessarily uh, want to do that because they haven't done that for us. But if we want to be most like Christ, we'll do that. We'll be willing to lay down our lives. We'll be willing to put everything on the line so that that person can know him too. When we read a little bit further in John 10, 16 through 18, and that worship team, if you guys want to come forward, we're getting ready to conclude. I want to read this to you. And this is why we are to be selfless versus selfish. Jesus says, I have his sheep. All along, he was talking about his people. But now he was talking about another group of people, Gentiles, those that others didn't even care for remotely. Those were the ones that were not already in the fold, if you will. Those were the ones, the other sheep are the ones that needed him and needed this relationship more than anybody else. And he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I have other people. Now listen to me, guys. This is you. This is me seeing that there are other sheep out there that do not have pasture. Are you with me? It's so easy on a day like yesterday, game day, right? To look at people and like, you are an idiot. Do you see what you're doing to yourself? Do you see what, what is wrong with you, right? To walk through the tailgate, right? And just be like, whoa, you just fell in the mud and you didn't even know it kind of thing, right? Let me tell you something. They need a pasture too. And they need a shepherd too. And what's funny with the priesthood of believers, it's on you. It's not on me. You, know, you don't bring them to church to get them saved. You don't bring them to church to find Jesus. You take Jesus to them, right? They too will listen to my voice. What a beautiful picture that they too will hear and know his voice. And there shall be one flock. Mm, isn't that good? Takes the divide, takes the line that's drawn and just throws it right out and says, look, it's going to be one flock. All of us. This was before his death. This was before his rather re resurrection, which created the one flock mentality after that point, the shepherd of everything. One flock, right? One shepherd. The reason my father loves me, remember the basis of relationship, is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. You right? We'll do this on your own accord. Nobody's going to make you do this. That's not how relationships work. That's counterfeit. That is counterfeit. 
You don't believe that lie that you need to love somebody, that, that, that you're going to make yourself love them or they're going to make you love them. That's counterfeit. You choose to love. That's the hardest decision you can ever make sometimes because love has been so jacked up in your life. But you choose to love because you are becoming a good shepherd. You are becoming a gate, leading them to him. Of course, there's no way to God but through the Father. But what I'm saying is you are helping them to have that rite of passage. You are leading them to that pasture. You are the ones that are going to make it happen. And if it's not you, it's not going to happen. Ain't about me. Ain't about any of these guys up here. It ain't any of the team. It's you. You are becoming a shepherd. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Jesus always appealed to the word and always appealed to his relationship with the father. You can too. You can too. It's going to be a choice. It's so easy to fall for the fake and be the fake, but it's so much better to be real. In a time when there is so much counterfeit in relationships, guys, it's time to be real. It's time to share your experience. It's time to say, look, I have screwed up in this and that, but God did this. It's time, right? Because you are the ones that are going to lead them to pasture. Close your eyes with me. I want you just to visualize the, the most green pastoral, if you will, field that you've ever seen in your life. Picture that with me and listen in. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. This is from David, remember? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 23rd Psalm, a visual of the relationship that we are supposed to have with him. A visual of what you will bring to those that don't have it yet. What a beautiful thing. So the question this morning for you, are you living in those pastures yourself? Are you experiencing life and life more abundantly? Are you walking in that place of protection and quiet and provision? Are you walking with the good shepherd knowing that he's got safety in his hands, that he's got provision, he's got everything you need in his hands because he is the good shepherd. He'll anoint you with oil to keep the bugs away, right? He'll even straighten you out a little bit sometimes when you need it with his, his staff, right? Because he's a good shepherd. He knows what we need. Do you, number one, have that personal relationship with God through Jesus the gate? Number two, do you need to re recommit that relationship? 
okay? Do you need to recommit? And then number three, are you struggling with being a good shepherd to others? Are you struggling to lead them to good pasture, to green pasture? So if you feel like you need to start a relationship with God through Jesus, what we do is, is a simple response. You just look at me. We don't call you out of your row and make you stand up or any of that stuff. Do you want to start a personal relationship? If you do, literally just lock eyes with me for a moment, and then you can close your eyes again, okay? All right? Anybody else? Okay. Number two, then, if you feel like, all right, look, I, I, I started in this, <laughs> this journey before, but I, I've kind of got off the path, and I need to, to recommit my life. Is that you with number two? Just look at me real quickly, okay? Okay. All right. And then number three, if you're struggling to be that good shepherd in your own life, <laughs> this is all of us, and, I, and there's a mirror in front of me right now, right? Is that you? Just simply look at me real quick, okay? Cool. You guys have the right heart. All right. So let's pray. God, we thank you for sending your only begotten son. We thank you for sending us Jesus as the ultimate example of who you are and what you look like so that we have a physical example, a template to follow in becoming a good shepherd like you. Lord, we thank you that we are here at this point in time to make a difference in this world. And Lord, we thank you that you've placed us even in this room today to hear from your word so that God, we can take it outside of these walls and create pastures outside of this building for others. Lord, I thank you for those that have made a choice for the first time to, to ask for forgiveness of sin because that's what we do when we come into this relationship. If there's anything that has separated me from you, Lord, I ask for forgiveness. Take it away. And now I choose also to turn toward you and walk with you. That's repentance. And for those that re-up their faith, God, thank you for that. Those that recommitted their lives, thank you, Lord. And for all of us, God, as we strive to become good shepherds like you, help us. Help us, we pray. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. We're going to conclude our time together with a worship song. It's a way we like to exit a place um, and take God with us in that way. But I want to challenge you, if you would like prayer for anything, number one, look to your left or to your right. You came with somebody. Chances are you did. If not, I will be up here as well to pray for you before you go. But go in peace. Go in his name. Go create green pastures. Are you with me? Be the church. We love you guys so much. Stand with me. Stand with me this morning, and we're going to worship. And uh, have a great day, all right? I'll be here to pray with you if you need it. Thank you.